Welcome to the Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by Sharebird and Clue. This is a show about establishing product marketing and being the first product marketer. I'm your host, JD Prater. Today we're wrapping up season two with Brianne Shelley, the head of product marketing at Nextdoor. And so far this season, it's been absolutely amazing. We've met some fantastic product marketers in from Olympic gold medalist. We've talked to marketers at seven unicorns. And now a huge thanks to Clue for making this show possible. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that want to drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue teams to beat their competition. Head over to Clue.com to learn more. And if you are interested in becoming the first product marketer at a company, head over to the Sharebird job board as there are lots of first PMM jobs available. Brianne, really excited to have you on the show here. You're rounding out season two of Thrills and Chills. You are the head of product marketing at Nextdoor, which we all know, we all love. We use it to snoop on our neighbors, to get the gossip. It's really great. But you've been there now for just over a year. Talk to me about that experience. Yeah, it's been a great and exciting year. I think a couple pieces that made it most exciting is definitely the growth of the company. And a lot of that's due to we're in the period of COVID and people are leaning into their neighborhoods more than ever. And so next door is there for them. When they needed a couple examples and stories that just warm my heart is the ability for people to raise their hand, high-risk neighbors that aren't able to run their errands and other neighbors that are chipping in to help do that for them. Another one is my favorite, Sean. He lives in a neighborhood that's changed a lot over the years that he grew up there and he just felt less comfortable in it. And so one day he posted on next door, he didn't feel comfortable walking to work. And so would anybody be willing to walk with him? And he walks out on the next morning out on his porch and there's 50 plus people waiting oh, to walk. Wow. And so it's just incredible to see people just helping one another, leaning into one another. And it's not just neighbors, it's local businesses, it's organizations that are all chiming in. So to be a part of Nextdoor at this time, when we're really able to provide value in our neighborhoods, is just phenomenal. Well, providing that value too is also a big part of product marketing. So this is all because of you. They brought you on. This is perfect timing. You can blame COVID, but I really think it's you. I really think it's all of your work. I love it, JD. Thank you. (laughs) Give this lady a raise. That's right. So anyway, (laughs) talk to me. What did it look like? So next door is a little bit more established, right? We've talked Mm -hmm. to some in earlier in this season. We're thinking series A, series B, but next door, a little bit more established. What does it look like to come in and lead? product marketing? Like what was there? What have you had to establish? What have you had to course correct? Yeah. What I would say about Nextdoor is we're at the 2.0 phase and the 1.0 phase from a company perspective was extremely founder led. And you can see in the past two plus years, really bringing in outside leadership holistically to really take it to that 2.0 level. And I feel, especially at the leadership level, it really represents the potential of Nextdoor and where we're going specific to product marketing. So when I joined, I had two members on my team. And so if you think about that, and that represents product marketing for all of consumer, which we call neighbors, and our business solutions, which highlights the value that we represent and bring to customers, both free and paid, large and small, as well as we have a public agency team. So there's two folks and me like leading the charge here. The company was almost 500 people. And so my charter was how do I take product marketing to that 2.0 phase? And the first was really defining what is product marketing. And so some of the challenges and 
rewarding part here was building a function within a established company where most of the functions were established. And so a lot of times when you say at the series A, it's nice because it's like those swim lanes aren't divided or it's more fluidity, but coming in here, the first thing I was like, what is product marketing? Where can we add unique value at Nextdoor? And so really getting that alignment holistically across head of product, CEO, head of revenue, marketing, and all those pieces. And so truly defined it as full stack, as I called it, product marketing, both the inbound and the outbound, being able to partner with product on the strategy side, identifying the target audience, messaging and positioning, and really taking those insights to inform the go-to-market and ensuring that we don't, as I say, launch it and leave it and ensuring that ongoing adoption and engagement over time. And so once I gained that alignment, then I found you can talk about product marketing all you want, which is part of our roles is I say product marketing, product marketing, but it's also bringing in that talent that really is able to demonstrate it and bring it to life. So I felt that was a huge part of my strategy and bringing in people and we're still hiring and growing the team. It should be up to eight people by the end of the year. So have great roles open. So that's a lot of what's been keeping me busy as well as we've been launching phenomenal products and really expanding the vision about what Nextdoor is all about. So being able to inform that from a product marketing perspective has been really exciting. That's really cool. Coming in with two. So that's great. I'm sure a lot of that too, with that alignment and relearning, I'm curious, was there friction there? Because there can always no, easy, be that. Easy, right? right? Like and I so, just like put my ideas out there. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, that sounds great. How, maybe this is into the weeds, but I would love to know just like, what advice would you give when someone's coming in and there's an established business functions and you're coming in to establish this new, and it's very strategic. And a lot of times whenever you're coming in, especially in the strategy side of things, other teams are like, no, I yeah. do strategy. <laughs> That's what I do. So how do you pick and choose the battle? How do you get that healthy friction? I'm just curious how you did it. Yeah. And I would say continuing to do it in all honesty, right? Like it's an ongoing discussion from that sense. I think one was aligning on the strategy and identifying like what some of those sticky points were. And there was some where it's like, let's align on a point of view here. And then there was some that it was kind of like, let's work through this and see how it works. And one of my favorite words is just pilot. It's like, Mm. you can spend all this time on slides and point of view and like, what is this truly? But it's like, as we know with products, like let's get it out there and learn. And so it even was the process with like, okay, we're trying this new go-to-market process with new roles and responsibilities. Let's take an upcoming launch and see how it works and what learnings we get from it. So then it's iterative, you're optimizing as you go. And then it's like, you're not stuck to something that you know is going to change regardless from that perspective. So I would say that's one of the key learnings that I continue to bring forward from that perspective. And I think it's also really aligning what I always say is right to left. Like what's your end goal? What's the vision? Mm. And I find if people are aligned on the vision and like what product marketing is, it makes the nuances a lot easier to provide clarity on. And I also think that flexibility of like, let's work through this. Love it. Pilot, right to left, flexibility. Those are your three takeaways right now. You can stop listening because that's <laughs> what you really need to do coming in. And I would say, even if you're coming in on series A, doing swim lanes, this is still like really valuable stuff. And it's a question we hear a lot, but I'm also curious too, because the next one we get around is hiring, right? So now you're yeah. growing a team. You're going to eight people. We will leave links in the show notes because you're going to want to come work at Nextdoor yeah. and work for Brianne. But also talk to me like... 
let's kind of start with getting the headcount and then we'll talk about what you're looking for and kind of like how you decided to go that route and how you're kind of aligning. Is it like aligning to product? Is it aligning to solution? So I'm curious how you chose to then break it out. Talk to me about how you're getting the headcount, structuring the team, and then what you're looking for in those roles. Yeah. In the spirit of structuring the team, the number one learning I have is alignment and being embedded within product. And so back in the day when we worked in the offices and I remember I had multiple different teams and like we were in different even buildings, right? And so it's because they were sitting with their product team and that's most important. So that's what I focus on and being embedded where it's like, instead of covering all these areas with one person that's loosely aligned, can you identify A, what's most important and have them embedded within those? And that's where I was able to prove out the value of product marketing so much. So I had another team that didn't have a product marketer and they came to me and they're like, I want one of those. I've heard it's been so valuable. Can I get one of those? And so I find by having that focus is key. And one of the things that I found early on, especially in developing product marketing is that go to markets first, right? And you continue to invest your resources and go to market, but sometimes you're launching the wrong product if you're not involved up front in the inbound piece. And so what I did there, instead of us being a go-to-market machine and not truly providing all the value that we can is aligned with product. What are the most important product priorities? And with those, we were aligned full cycle to make sure that on the inbound stuff and some stuff, just because we're growing and don't have the capacity, we will just do the go-to-market. But for the most important stuff, we are fully embedded from the beginning, from that perspective. So I would say from a structure perspective, it's being embedded within product and being able to identify some of those quick wins where you're able to measure them to help demonstrate the value and validate the value for scaling the team going forward. So it's just like piloting the role, right? You got to get the value. I got to get the metrics back, show it. So yeah, it's a really good framework and it's a really good way to kind of like think through it as well. I just want to clarify, do you report into product or do you report into marketing? I report to the CMO. So you're in the marketing side. Okay. They'll report. Yeah. I know that like Shopify, for example, their product marketing reports into product. So they are like truly embedded, right? I mean, really embedded. And so I was just curious how it always seems to be like a point of contention too, like marketing over product. And so I tend to like marketing just as far as I think that's where growth, like career growth happens rather. I think you can be embedded and just like you are. And I always say that you have multiple families. And I also think that's one of the part of building the team is that a lot of times product marketing has that close part partnership with their product. And so making sure as I'm building the team that people feel like product marketing is also their team and building that culture and that team aspect where it's like, even though team members might not quote unquote work together, but feeling like they do have that. And that's where even product marketing can have so much value. We have a meeting next week where it's two different product teams. We have the product marketers coming together to identify the synergies and bring that connective tissue together to bring back to the teams and bringing that through line. Very cool. So you've got the head count, you've showed the value, maybe give some tips, like maybe some people are listening, want to come, like, what are you looking for in these new PMMs that you're bringing on? Yeah, I always actually really, I think it's about knowing what you want. Right. And I always talk to people and I say, it's a mutual fit. So ask me the questions that make sure this is what you want. Mm -hmm. And so it's not square peg round hole in terms of, oh, how do I fit myself into this position and take the job description and sell on each point? Because neither one are looking for where you're great month one, but miserable month two, right? A place where continue to see that success and excitement. So I think just being honest about what you're looking for and really assessing the fit on both sides. I found where I've seen people be successes, I always call the spectrum of creative to analytical. It's not 
not that rarely find the person that's 50, 50, but being able to move across that spectrum. I think the second is the spectrum of strategic to execution, like being able to think big, like what is the product market fit? How do we address that? And all the way through to the execution of that is another key piece. And I would say the third is having a point of view, being able to communicate that point of view effectively and influence others with that point of view. And I highlight that last one, especially with product marketing, because so many times product marketers, their counterparts are a lot more senior. Yeah. And so being able to have earn that seat at the table and be effective with that seat at the table is extremely important in that dynamic environment. Yeah. It's a tough skill. It takes time. Like that is definitely, if you're coming in as a junior PMM, no, you're going to fail a lot, right? You're going to be told no a lot. And then it's just repetition. It's that influencing, especially on the product side is it's tough, but you'll yeah. get better. Keep working, provide the value, provide the insights, have that point of view and ultimately earn that seat at the table. And it gets a little easier to influence, but that's something I look forward as well. Whenever doing hiring and at least hearing their answer to it and how they do yeah. it, you can at least kind of gauge where they are in that regard. But going back, I'm actually curious here. So looking into like background, right? You had like your own consulting and coaching company mm -hmm. before joining Nextdoor. I'm just curious, right? Why join Nextdoor? Like what were you looking for? How did you evaluate that risk and kind of your own thing to going into like a bigger company and establishing the function? Yeah. After consulting for a handful of years at startups, I missed that leadership piece. I always miss like being able to build a team and really unlock people's potential in a role. And so that was something that was missing for me. And when I was evaluating companies, I continued to have three criteria and I always revisit these. I was like, are these still the same one? First is people. I joke I A-B yeah. tested people because I was a strategy consultant flying around to different places, working on different teams, different companies. And I was like in the worst location, at the worst client, with the best people ever. And it's like, you can create magic when you work with phenomenal people. And so for me, people pieces about curious, being driven and collaborative. And I feel like if you got that, you got anything. I would say after that is something I can believe in and passionate about. And as you can tell from the stories, yeah. like next door is that for me, I grew up, I always say in a town that I feel like was next door in real life. And so how can I bring that to so many other people in the world? And then last but not least is leadership. For me, it's just having leadership that's empathetic, that's visionary, yet executional is extremely important. And so when you ask about how did I evaluate risks, I try, I leaned into growth and like, where do I want to grow and learn? I feel too often. And even I look back in my career, I made a lot of decisions out of fear. And I yeah. feel when you make things out of fear, your world becomes a lot smaller. But when you think about things in terms of growth and opportunity, it's eyes wide open and so much more opportunity out there, even though it can feel scary and risky yeah. and all that. But just thinking about that growth, that's what really led me to take the leap. Yeah. And like taking the leap is something I love to focus on. And it's always a question I tend to ask too is, so you took the leap, but how'd you know you were ready to take the leap? I mean, did you know you were ready? Did it just kind of happen? Did you just fall off the cliff or did you like, I'm going, I'm doing this, I'm running and I'm jumping. I mean, I think it's like product launches, right? Like if you wait till it's perfect, you waited too late. <laughs> like if you know, like sure. if you feel 110% comfortable with the leap, you waited too late. And I just feel like product market marketers, it's ingrained with us, just that challenge, that entrepreneurial spirit. And so there's always that level of uncertainty. And one gut question, I have a good friend who asked me, I call him always with life decisions. He said, what do you wish you knew six months from now? 
And if all those questions are nothing I can answer right now, it's like, I have enough information to make the decision. And I find aligning with your values and kind of what I said, what's most important and gut checking with those. And then it's like, take the leap. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you've taken the leap, right? You've been there for a year now. I'm curious how the challenges have changed. So you come in, obviously you got to learn the product, learn the people and everything, but maybe like, how are the challenges different? How are some the same a year later, whenever you've started into a new role and you're really establishing what product marketing looks like? Yeah, I would say it's the 2.0 to the 3.0. So the 2.0 is establishing what is product marketing, Mm. getting that alignment up front. And now it's really up-leveling the product marketing. Like, what do we want to stand for? What do we want to represent? How are we best in class? And bringing that vision to the team and to the company, that's where I'm really leaning in now, which is exciting where it's not just to go to market, right? It's like we have all these insights, competitive intel, marketplace, knowing our target audience. How do we take all that that shapes the go-to-market in our approach? It's not just sending emails to everyone and all that. So that's where I'm really leaning in. Another piece is just how we can be, I always say we're not solving marketing problems, we're solving business problems. So really up-leveling in terms of being strategic thought partners to the business. We have the potential, it's just creating that vision and allowing the space and the energy to do so. Yeah, I want to jump in on that one because that one's a really good point. I think a lot of times people are really kind of, what is product marketing? It's always so confusing. What is this definition? And I really like the idea of like, it really is solving this business problem. And we have this lens through which we do it. And it's our worldview where I'm not building a product, right? I'm not Eng, I'm not designing a product. I'm not saying what should be built, you know, maybe like a PM, but I'm taking it to an audience and I'm taking it to the world, right? And so that is a business problem. And I love that perspective. So thank you. I like it. And I wanted to kind of jump on and add to what you think about for this like next stage 3.0 PMM and what are you hoping it looks like it's when I liked how you gave this we're almost there we're getting there but like pie in the sky right what does it look like Yeah. What it looks like is that we are strategic business partners. We continue to earn that seat at the table. It's like, oh, we need to reschedule this meeting. So product marketing can't be there. We need their input. And they need it because we are creating value for our customers and neighbors at the end of the day, and we're creating impact. And that's what I continue to focus on is that value and impact. And so it's like, what does that look like at the end of the day? It's like, oh, that sounds great. Anyone can say that. I just really think about being more, keeping the business opportunities at center and like, how do we solve for that? And really starting with the customer, understanding who that is, bringing those insights to bear, being laser focused on the positioning instead of like, oh, this sounds good. Like, no, really, what what is it that's unique, that's ownable from those lenses? And how do we take all that goodness and have it shape how we go to market and not just go to market for that one-time launch that creates that spike, but like that ongoing driving awareness and engagement and adoption. And it sounds easier said than done, but just so much room there, I would say, to just create that impact. Yeah. I mean, 2.0 to 3.0, right? I mean, it takes time, right? And it's always fun to have that as kind of this North Star. And I'm going to use that as my segue because I'm such a good interviewer. But (laughs) whenever you think North Star for a lot of people is becoming a head of product marketing. And we've talked to listeners and they've talked to us about this chasm of how do you, you know, I'm at a senior PMM. I'm ready to make the leap to director. I'm ready to make the leap to head of PMM. Like what advice would you give those listening? We're wrapping up season two. You've given us so many good nuggets here. What advice would you give them? 
It's a good question. And, you know, in all honesty, and I think this comes a little bit from being at Nextdoor for the past year, we're very flat. We don't focus on titles. I think that's one insight. And the other insight, I remember talking to a great mentor and he said, he's like, what do you want to do? And I told him titles. He's like, we're in Silicon Valley. You can have that title tomorrow. <laughs> like, what do you really want? Yeah. And so based on both of those, take away the titles and don't think about senior manager to director, VP, but it's really, what do you want to grow and learn and optimize for that? And keeping that as your true North versus titles, because once you get there and get that promotion, then what's next. Hmm. And if you have growth and learning and development and creating value and impact as your true North, I think that will be much more rewarding to be honest. I think that's really fair. I think it's really good advice too. I had a friend, she had been working so hard for this promotion for a year and a half. She had a bigger company and she was really jazzed on, she got the promotion, she did, and went into effect last month. And she's like, oh, <laughs> like it just like fell flat. I was like, oh, oh that's it. And I was like, oh, I, I thought you were like, be really excited for this. I thought this is what you had been working for. You know, you put together all this work and you build a case for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I just kind of feel the same and it didn't really fulfill me. Right. And so I tell that story because you're hundred percent correct. Remove the title. What do you want to optimize toward? What growth, what does your scope look like? What roles like responsibility do you want? And so go to that, go do that. So, and yeah. to be more tactical, someone, some people like, oh, sounds good. Look at the roles ahead of you, right? What are they doing and what do you need to lean in? Like people say like operate at the next level. Yeah. And I think, and lean into there in terms of like where you do want to learn and grow as well. I would say it's like the more tactical or the more tangible advice there. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone that's listened to go back to the previous episodes where we had a few of the VP of product marketers on, and they gave very similar advice too. They were like, you got to grow your responsibility now in your scope now in order to be given it later, mm -hmm. right? It's not mm -hmm. the other way around where you get there and then you get the scope. It's you have to do it now. So take on more responsibility. And I know some of you are already just like strapped and you're like, how? I'm so tired. But keep working and finding that strategic and those growth levers and really prioritize the main business impact. So that'd be my advice. But let's wrap up on thrills and chills. We're wrapping up season two. I'm really excited. This is thrills and chills, highs and lows of your product marketing career. You have had a storied career at some amazing companies. So I'm curious. What are some of those highs? What are some of those lows? What are those thrills and chills? Yeah, I would say definitely a thrill was when I was at LinkedIn, leading the largest redesign of its website experience in its history. And with that, we literally started blank slate and we're like, what are we bringing over to the new experience? And so bringing product marketing from a perspective of like, what do our members want and what are we leaving behind and really being able to shape that. And the unique value that I felt that I added there is at first they were just looking at as a redesign, like, let's just bring everything over and make it better. And I pushed and it was a hard discussion that the objective of it was to create delight for our members. And they said, no, that might take time. I don't know if we have time for that. Let's just bring everything yeah. over and make it look. And I was like, this is such a unique opportunity. It's almost like you're moving houses. It's like, what do I want to keep? What do I want to take? What do I want to buy new? And like, let's create delight here. Yeah. And it was tension because of, we knew it would put stress on the team, potentially change timelines, but realize ultimately it was a unique opportunity to provide that value. And it's changed a little bit since you have left. And now it's like, oh, is this like business Facebook? That's like, <laughs> no offense to your old team, but uh, that's a really cool, like 
it's also fun too when you can point to stuff that you've worked on. And I know this is maybe just like stroking the ego of a product marketer, but it's just fun. You're like, no, look, I did that. Like, that's what I did. That's really cool. So cool thrill. Yeah. I, I still I, I see some of the project name in the URL. So that's oh, do you really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of the pages. So it's kind of the code name is like, I know where that is. Oh, that's hilarious. We had that inside track. So what else do you have for us? Yeah, I would say a thrill is, and just a reminder for all of us out there, I was leading a demand gen team and realized I had a passion for product marketing and wanted to make that pivot. And it's taking someone that believes in you to be able to do so. And so Mm -hmm. I had someone I knew at the company who was willing to take a bet on me and really believed in the potential and no product marketing experience at all. And she's like, I think you can do this. And so for me, total thrill because it opened up the world and the doors of product marketing and a reminder for all of us that we hold that key for so many others. And so how do we provide that unique opportunity for others that we take smart people with phenomenal potential that we can show them and share the light of product marketing to them. So super grateful for that. Yeah, I've had similar type experience and it's something I think about a lot now too. If I was going to give one last thrill, I would say super rewarding and sometimes challenging to be building a product marketing function at a company that's established. And there's only so many of these I have in me, but so grateful for this opportunity and just seeing the value that it's delivering for next door and its neighbors is extremely rewarding, but that's been a thrill. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, being able to like, look back at this experience. I mean, you're in the middle of it now. It's always a little <laughs> bit tougher, but in five years from now, you're going to look back just like you are now like at LinkedIn, right? In the newsfeed. It's like, wow, this is amazing. Look what I did. I got to do this whole like refresh and now look what I got to do at next door. So that leads to some of the chills. You got anything that you can share with us? One chill comes to mind. It was one of the first webcasts I've ever led, which webcasts are just challenging in its own right. How are you talking to hundreds of people and like you're, you only maybe see one, but with that, we were sending the follow-up. And so it was done. The follow-up email was going out. And then I get these emails. The follow-up email just kept on going. People were getting hundreds of follow-up emails and it wasn't stopping. Like their inbox was just taken over. And it was literally like where it's like, it's running and you're like looking around. We're like, and it was one of the vendors we were working with had a bug, but it was like, what do we do? And it's at that moment, you're like, is this really happening? And you feel in some ways your level of control is zero, but it's amazing at those points when you see who leans in, like, let me figure this out. Let me like, where some people are like, I don't know what to do, even though you're like watching a train wreck. (laughs) So that was definitely a chill. I thought what was interesting and kind of the retro of it quickly we debated, how do we follow up with this? Do we send an email apologizing for all of it? Which is like, do we add to it? Yeah, or do yeah. we do we send them a can of spam to like make fun of it? And all that we ended up like, no one needs another email from us right now. So we gave them the brief, but that was just like, <laughs> oh, that's great. In the moment you're like, can we stop? Like, how do we stop this? Like, this is just oh, painful to see and feel and get all these responses. Yes. The days you don't want to revisit. I know. Those are the worst too, because you just feel like you're JV. Like (laughs) I'm varsity squad. What is happening right now? Why is this happening? You're just like trying to pinpoint what was going on. And again, it comes down to a technical bug. It's outside of your control. And I was actually curious what you did for the follow-up. So I've seen some funny like follow-up emails where people have apologized, mostly like e-com side uh, where they've done some pretty good ones, but that's great. So 
Thanks again. I mean, a lot of fun, ton of value. Thanks for coming on and rounding out season two of Thrills and Chills with us. I had an absolute blast. And thanks again for doing and sharing all your nuggets. Yeah. Cheers to season two. Thanks so much. All right, everyone, you made it through season two. Please check out the show notes, connect with Brianne here on the Sherbird link. We've also got links to any positions that she is hiring for. Please go fill those out. Go work at Nextdoor, help her out on establishing what this product marketing team is going to look like in 3.0. And until season three, we'll see you later. That wraps up today's episode of Thrills and Chills. And again, thank you, Clue, for being a sponsor of this show because with Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitor's strategies and measure your competitive program's impact to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. And a special thanks again to Sharebird for making this podcast possible. 